Welcome to the People's Church Sermoncast. You can join us for our live worship services on Sundays at 10 a.m. People's Church is located at the corner of Mill Plain and Andreessen in Vancouver, Washington. Please visit our website at peoplesvancouver.church to learn more about our community and how you can get involved. And now for this week's sermon. You're listening to the sermon cast from People's Church of Vancouver, Washington. You're invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10:30 a.m. We're located at 6801 East Mill Plain Boulevard in Vancouver, Washington. For more information, visit us at peopleschurchvancouver.org. Now for this week's sermon. I began a couple weeks ago talking about come home, and this morning I want to move on to come in. And then part three happened, come together. Come home, come in, come together. Uh, Like Sam Sneed said, never up, never in. So let's get going this morning with a passage from Luke. This is not not about the prodigal boys, but it's from this passage. I want you to take a look at this with me. In Luke 15, when the prodigal finally came to his senses, he said to himself, I'm a total goofball. He said to himself, at home, even the hired men have food enough to spare, and I am dying of hunger. Yes, he did. And that's what happened. I will go home to my father, say, come home. Father, I've sinned against you and in heaven, against you in heaven, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son, Please take me on as a hired man. So he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long distance away, his father saw him coming. How come a church boy like me, no matter how many times you read this, your heart warms because our father lets us back in? That's not what we're talking about today, but you know. So the prodigal, he returned home, and he has this plan, this speech. We know it. While he was a great way off, his father, filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said, Father, I have sinned. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But his father said to the servants, Quick, bring the finest robe to the house, put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet. Kill the calf we've been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast. For the son of mine was dead and is now returned to life. He was lost and is found. So the party began. Where was the party? Inside. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field working, checking his church attendance that was perfect realizing he never missed a business meeting and directed the choir and was uh, happy to be in charge. And when he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house. And this bah humbug asked one of the servants, what was going on? Your brother's back and your father's killed a calf we were fattening and prepared. We are celebrating because of his safe return. And the older brother was angry. He was angry and bitter. I'm going to quit this church. And he wouldn't go in. But he replied all these years. The father says to The brat, all these years I've worked hard for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told to me. And in all that time, you never gave me a feast. I never got a goat for a feast. Yet when this son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the finest calf we have. His father said to him, look, your son, you and I are very close and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate this happy day for your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, but now is found. What took the prodigal away from home? 
Remember, we talked about he wanted his inheritance and he wanted it now. I've said about six times in the last dozen years, I say that to let you know, this young brother made the worst decision at the best time in his life. But thank God we read on that he made the best decision at the very worst time of his life. He wanted freedom. What made him want to come home? People did not treat him like his father treated him. Don't we kind of find this out in life? You, you get married, you know, you want to get out of the house, and you, then you get your first utility bill. What? What do you mean $340? That's what I pay for rent. What am I paying that to? Yeah. Shock. People did not treat him like his father. Life in the pig pen. Now he begins to use his left brain to tell me, now why was it so tough at home? What takes a son or a daughter away from a close relationship? with their parents. What takes a son or a daughter away from a close relationship with our Heavenly Father? We don't get a prayer answered. We lose a job. COVID hits. We're told shape up, wash up, mask up, stand up, give up. Not in your life. I'm my own person. Bless God, I laid the foundation in this church. My Uncle Harold built this church with his bare hands. And if I don't get my way, I'm going to pick up my King James Bible and go to a different church. I'm going to get even with everybody. Nobody hears like that because you're out on a COVID Sunday. Perhaps the older brother drove the younger away. We don't know that till heaven. We know brothers who have distanced or ran from a father because of a brother. He might have been selfish, carnal, felt trapped. The part of his brain that knew his father had big bucks for him worked. The part of his brain that knew how to make mature decisions with the big bucks was not working. He ran out. David made it back home. Saul never made it back home. I'm defining home as... Listen to me, loved ones. Love you so much. I'm defining home as a connection to our Heavenly Father. And I don't mean not to talk about my connection to Laura, Michelle, and Christina. Principles are principles. Humility is humility. Being able to ask forgiveness. David made it back. Samson made it home. Because of Hebrews, I'm going to say Samson made it home. He kind of had an HGTV moment. When the temple came down. Jacob made it back home. Esau never made it back home. Peter made it back home. Judas never made it back home. Coming home. The prodigal came in. We could say of the younger, he came home and he came in. His older brother was home but not in. Refused to come in. Pastor Collins, great man of God in Roseburg, Vine Street Baptist Church, told me a hundred years ago, big dispensationalist Calvinist preacher, said, Larry, some people quit a church without leaving, and some people leave a church without quitting. I have found that to be true. The older brother was home, but not in. 
I think there's tons of husbands and probably wives that are maritally at home, but perhaps not intimately in. And I'm not talking about sexuality here. I'm talking about intimacy in all of its definition. Many, many marriages, both are at home, but in many, many marriages, both have not come in. Probably parenting, we could make the same analogy. I'm so thankful every time I witness a parent by choice, married a sweet spouse, brought children into the relationship. I don't even like the word stepchildren. I love what I've read in recent years where someone would post, I had three children that God gave me, and then God let me choose you. What a security building statement. Coming home is a wise choice. Coming in is the best choice now. You see a porch? You see a lingering sun? Perhaps a hesitant backslider? Filled with not peace, but not fully home. The best choice after I get home is to come in. Come in. You on the property? Or in the house? Never up, never in. The prodigal felt and heard the reception of his father, listen, at the boundary. When the father ran, when he was headed for the property, he made a race toward the border, and then he sees his father running. We know in that day, culturally, fathers were not supposed to run, you know, just stay entrenched in Judaism culture and stay filled with turmoil. God bless your religious heart, but he ran. I believe God's put tennis shoes on for me once in a while. I said, I think God has some Nikes. He maybe use them so much he's got Larry's name on the side. This is my prayer for him. Do you not love him today? <laughs> I made this so I could read it as I was thinking of it. When the father hugged his prodigal son, had he given him a piece of his mind? Why did you take off? You embarrassed, you shamed your mother. You embarrassed your family. Your brother won't communicate to me. How could you do this to me? I'm going to give you a piece of my mind. I can't believe how many believers have given it all away. There are no pieces left. They're setting the church straight, setting the house straight, setting their in-laws straight, setting the, setting the family straight. Yeah, the 11th commandment, I am never wrong. The father, such a white, I know we talk about God being, I know, wow, don't you love him? He does not upbraid us and beat us and take us to the, he chastens us. But he doesn't upbraid us. So listen to this. Think about your loved ones. Come on. Thinking cap. The reception I get at the border makes my decision whether I'm going to come in the house. Our middle daughter called us up and says, Oh, Daddy, I'm so upset that you can't come for my birthday. All this COVID restrictions. I hung up and said, Oh, God, thank you that she even wanted me to be there. 
listen to the grace and mercy we have received. The reception at the border determines my next step. Pray over a card. May your words be few and your heart be large. Put a big heart on it that says, I love you. Don't have to be wordy and send it because that's a border card. What does it take for me to come in? Humility. A desire to be connected to my father. A desire to have relationship with a brother or sister that had a wedge, a son or a daughter where there was distance. Humility on my part. No tags, no names, just make me a hired servant. What I have when I come inside is better than anything I had on the outside. Amen? An attitude that expresses gratitude. Jacob and Esau were not the best Sunday school boys. But because people that live in glass houses shouldn't throw stones, I'm not going to go beyond that. Jacob and Esau were not the best Sunday school boys. But they leave for us an example. It might be 20 years, but take the best of the flock. Send it ahead. Send it ahead. And when you feel the beard of a distant brother, may it be wet with tears of 20 years lost and tears of joy of a future found. seems like when their parents got out of the way they could come in maybe it's quiet because are you pastor mike always encourages us to write notes but make a note of this i rise to give esau a blessing today that he and Jacob embraced. And Jacob offered, 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 offered his, his animal. And Esau kept turning him down. Exodus thirty three eleven says, Esau took them. And Gusik said, you would never give a gift to an enemy, but you gave a gift. You would give a gift to a friend. So by Esau humbly receiving what he didn't really need, he was owning the fact that now he and his brother were friends that came in. Nothing between my soul and the Savior. God has soap. He has shampoo. Gosh, I was with George last week, and they said, this is your restroom, and I went into the shower. There was more items there than there are at Target, for crying out loud. I thought, God, that's just like you. Pre-rinse, rinse, rinse. Number four, do it all again. George, what were you telling me? God has all kinds of cleansing power. Just come in. Come in. Two stories from the Bible. Bible says David wept when he heard Absalom had died, but David wept at the wrong end of Absalom's life. 
He was two years in Jerusalem. And David would not permit Absalom to come see him. You said, well, Absalom was a skunk. My point exactly. Skunks don't fall far from a tree. You can be completely stubborn and right, but you cry at the wrong end in a relationship death. You cry at the wrong end. Say, oh, God forgave me. Nathan said, your sin's put away. Bring Absalom in here, and let's see if he's at the boundary. Let's see if he'll make the next step and come in. Quick scriptures from Luke 8, 45. Obviously, I'm going to compress this story. Who touched me? Jesus asked everyone, denied it. And Peter said, Master, you've worked overtime. This whole crowd is pressing upon you, and you want to know who touched you? Uh, Let me paraphrase. Yes, Simon, because everybody in this crowd is on the property. But one unnamed woman came in. You like that? Precious people, I'm not putting them down. I'm on the property so many times. God is calling me to come inside. Pastor Michael sermon a year or so ago on on the uh, secret place. The secret place is where you come in. You like that? Secret place. Come into thy closet. Close the door. And the father that sees that you're inside will bless you on the outside. Then this one. Luke 7, 36 to 50. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to come to his home. 37, a certain immoral woman heard he was there. And she came into the house. She was home. She knelt behind him at his feet weeping. Her tears fell on his feet and she wiped them off with her hair. She kept kissing Christ's feet and putting perfume on them. (laughs) I love it. When the Pharisees saw that she was home and inside, he said, wow, if this guy was a prophet. Jesus spoke up and said, Simon, I have somewhat to say to you. Simon said, go ahead. He tells him the story of forgiveness. Let's bounce ahead to uh, 48. Jesus said to Simon, I tell you, her sins, and they are many. Don't we always like that? Her sins and women, like I'm going to hide from God, have been forgiven. A person who has forgiven little never really comes in. They're porch dwellers. And Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. I'm so glad that you're on the property. And I'm so glad for all of you that are such a tremendous encouragement to me. Betty Jo was awakened early with a word. Thank you. With that last word, I remembered something that my mother told us girls years ago. She said, love covers a multitude of sins. But faults are thick where love is thin. So we thank you this morning that you have washed us, taken care of us, and you're helping us through all this stuff that we're going through. And this world is full of confusion and bewilderment and lostness, and we feel it ourselves. But who is worse off? The ones that don't have you to turn to. You're our anchor, our stay, and the one that stays with us and by us all of our days. And I had um, some encouragement here 
early this morning I woke up and I thought about all the people that maybe are feeling like it's time to just give up or go to sleep or <laughs> run the other way. But be not weary in well-doing. Stand fast. This is not your battle. My battle, my battle the Lord says. When you stand praying, stand fast for even now it is being done. He is already working, and he's already doing it. They that endure to the end will make it. Hang in there, hang tight, hang tough. Learn these many new things. Learn a lot of new things, how to fix something new, how to do something new. Exercise, eat on time. Uh, speak softly and kindly and encouraging to everyone, including yourself. You can make it. You're tougher than you think. You're tougher than the world. You have Jesus. You've got the Holy Spirit. You own the Creator as your friend. Be thankful for every single thing. Attitude is everything. Loving God and being grateful. Internally leaning on Him. Thank you. I love tandem sermons, don't you? In your family and loved ones, remember the boundary. Remember the welcome. Come home. Come in. Holy Spirit, of all the people in this room, you're calling me to come in. You're calling me to that secret place. You're calling me to where there's nothing between my soul and my Savior. You're calling me to put the clock aside, put the cell phone aside, put the to-do list aside, and craft a time a.m., high noon, p.m., whenever. It doesn't have to be daily, but Lord... Crafting time where I'm able to say, I'm in. I'm in. Say that with me. I'm in. I'm in. In the presence of Jehovah, God Almighty, Prince of Peace, troubles will vanish. My heart is mended in the presence of the King. I already know this. I know that you know this. I love you. God bless you. 